Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. With the sunrise, you can start over again. to join the conversation you can hashtag Marsha's Plate you can follow us on most social media Instagram Twitter Facebook all of that just search for Marsha's Plate M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E y'all ready let's get started hey what's up y'all hey 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 what's going on dinosaur Nothing much. I am in the swing of um, grant writing, mm, and so it's that's the most difficult part of my job. Other than you know, stupid races or stupid transphobics or homophobic those people, the the work work is actually sitting down and focus on writing and coming up with narratives and da 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 that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I remember you telling me on that. I was being sarcastic. The transphobes and the racists are fun for me, Diamond. I feel like that's when I get to, you know, bring out my gifts, my ability to open that library door. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's not fun to me no more. It used to be fun. <laughs> it's not fun to me no more. Um, I, and I think it because I, we've, we've talked about this on the show. It's because there is this weird, um, slowly rustling of anxiety around where we're going as a culture mm-hmm. and as somebody who is a um a studier of history mm-hmm. i know that when like real change happens is usually after bloodshed yeah. it's usually after um you know somebody risked their lives and lost their lives for you know you know, serious, serious, serious change. And so we... And a whole fleet of soldiers have lost their life. Right. Yeah. And so I'm feeling this kind of anxiousness around where we are as a culture. Mm-hmm. And so because of that anxiousness, I don't have the fun with reading people mm-hmm. like I used to. I don't have the, it's not, it doesn't feel fun anymore. It feels, instead of it feels like, oh, I'm just sparring with an ignorant person. It feels like, oh, I'm sparring with somebody who can come stalk you. And it might be different for me because I'm you, I'm actually, prior to this, I haven't had any, you know, somebody sending me the random email of, you're a man, y'all always going to be a man, or trans ain't real, or some kind of negative stuff. 
about right. trans. I'll get emails or, or comments and stupid shit like that. It'd be nothing. But recently, you know, I've got like an actual letter in the mail of threats, like death threats in the mail. What? Yeah. So threats public to my address. Well, I'm pretty sure if you had the right. I'm sure you can find me. It ain't. I, it shouldn't be public, but yeah, that don't. Yeah. So when usually when people look me up, they find my a very very old address, not my new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, this particular person sent something to my new address, and so it feels weird. Like like the the heat is bubbling up more. It mm-hmm. feels um, more threatening. If if that makes sense. No, that's that sounds incredibly threatening. I, you done got me stuttering, honey. You know I got PTSD, <sighs> honey. So I am very aware, and I learned at a very early age how fragile our lives are and how crazy people mm-hmm. can be. Genuinely, I mean that's why I went into psychology. So no, I absolutely get it, and this is nothing to take lightly. Yeah, and then when I remember, you know, we would have like you know, political gatherings, like when, you know, all these bills are coming up and blah, blah, blah. We'll go to Austin and go to the Capitol and be out there. speak. Like I've hosted multiple, um, you know, push the vote in a different, in a different direction kind of I events. Mean, at the, like- yeah. At a Capitol. And prior, it would be a lot of people there. And um, you have some people, you know, asking us what we do. It'd be a lot of us, our people there. But in the recent years, probably since 2021, 2020, 20, yeah, about 2020, after the pandemic, mm-hmm. or even maybe even right before it, but definitely after 2021, we're starting to see people like opposition mm. coming to our rallies and coming to with like trucks, loads of people with guns. And, you know, I live in Texas, so it's a different <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So I live in Texas, so it's a different kind of vibe. But if you remember, even when like Biden and Harris's buses was coming through Texas, there were people riding and messing with the buses that were traveling. I've seen, you know, um, I stopped protesting um, in person during Mm -hmm. um, the lockdown. I haven't done any um, physical protests in outside of the internet since the lockdown. And I've noticed, I've seen clips of armed opposition at various protests and rallies, but um, I thought it was like a one-off, two-off occasion. I didn't realize that this was regular, everyday fighting for your rights in Texas. No, that's everyday. Like that, because we really almost anywhere in the South I've been to that I've been to an actual either protests or actual like um, event where we doing some type of um, demonstration or action, organizing action, you know, I, I I would see, you know, it's just more popping up in the past five years, just yeah. more of the opposition, more of like the opposition and people coming with their cameras and trying to get content uh, because yeah, of that. that um, but the actual... I'm in a pickup truck with my guns, with my like three dudes, two in the back, one driving, and they got their rifles out and their um, um, shotguns out, and you know we we have a right to bear arms, and you know that that is their 
That's crazy. It's intimidating. Like the, the intention right. of it is to be intimidating. And that um that imagery of some white boys in Confederate flag hats and da-da-da-da-da. That's literally what they are. So that imagery is not just us. That's like a classic imagery in pickup trucks and guns and da-da-da-da-da. You know, we had this this particular state is where James Byrd, which the James Byrd Hate Crime Act is based on, literally was killed a black man was killed and murdered and dragged through the street behind a trigger by a pickup truck. I remember and, I am I am old enough to remember that story. I was traumatized by that story. They tied that man to the back of a pickup truck and drove him for miles. Yeah. And so that's here. <laughs> that's literally here in Texas in East Texas where Houston is. So it's not like it's it that happened in 2008 or no, 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 no. Matthew, Matthew Shepard happened in 2000 and I mean, in 98. And okay. then, but I think Burr happened either in earlier, either around that time or when right. they got, they got caught in 2008. I can't remember. But they, the, the act that came from the hate crime act came from James Burr and Matthew Shepard. Both of their cases was used as examples. And so it's not, we know that it repeats itself. We know that it, um, time, re- you know, shit like that happens. And so it just has me, or it has me a little nervous. And so it's, it's not playful as it was before. Like I'm just talking to an ignorant person. It feels like I could be antagonizing somebody to become a fucking mass shooter or something. It just, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like a distant thing. It's starting to feel more and more at home. Mm, That's what I feel. Maybe, maybe me having PTSD. Um, it it always felt close to home for me. Like now doing it online, um, because my the form of activism I've been I do now, um, has always been me. You know, a little ratchet, a little comedy relief. Um, mm-hmm. but it was in person before. You know, I right. was the bullhorn and the flag. Um. Now it it feels more distant, but I'm sure that's just a protective mechanism because it's people near me still see me, I'm sure. Right. Mm, mm. I didn't think of it like that, honey, but uh, got me second guessing my reading, but honey, I'm sure I'll still <laughs> I browse off people. <laughs> so tell us what, have y'all seen a vibe that's changing in your social justice spaces. Um, Another element of social justice space, I feel I'm feeling a, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I'm feeling a, and this will come up later on when we talk about Monique, but an element of it. But I'm also feeling a burnt out of allyship. If that's what was, if that's the best word to use, I don't know. But, but with the, with the conservatives really trying to dismantle DEI, really trying to do the work to block anything that has has something to do with um, gender based education, anything that has something to do with black history based education, anything that have to do with queerness, anything in that realm, they're really trying to kind of block 
you know, people from talking about it, teaching about it in actual structural places, in actual like companies and actually uh, schools. They're literally trying to do these things. And while we expect that from the right wing, I notice that any kind of pushback that you give to people even on our side, they're starting to get frustrated with the card of diversity and inclusion and equity and the expectations that we we have been spoiled with, quote unquote, spoiled with for the past five years, ever since that kind of Trayvon Martin uptick, Black Lives Matter, um, ever since that, um, the George Floyd thing, when the white people was like, yes, we've... We're having a racial awakening. Oh, my God. And let's hire black people. Let's Um, promote black people. Let's do things for, oh, let's hire the black trans woman. Oh, my God. Let's let's center the marginalized. uh, Now, when we want that to continue and we bring up when that is not how they're shifting back to their same old ways, how they're not promoting people or focus on diversity and leadership and actually um, investing in minority leaders and minority people. Now it's kind of being a. (sighs) Mm, I think I hadn't really um, been able to pinpoint it before you said anything because to avoid burnout. um, And this is advice to, to all of my advocates, my activists, my allies to avoid burnout. I take a break. I take a break. I I know that um a lot of people haven't had had a break. All the COVID warriors, they hadn't had a break because you know it went from us discussing inclu- inclusivity and um in America to now us discussing this war. You know, and and people seeing Gaza. You know, dead Palestinian babies on their screen. Um. So so yeah, a lot of people didn't take a break. I took a break. During during all the Gaza stuff, I'm just getting caught up and just coming back now. Um, but I had noticed even during my break that a lot of the donations were drying up, you know, from from the allies. Um, so yeah, I, I completely get what you're saying, but it's it's sad that the COVID warriors are losing their momentum. But um, if there is any silver lining, um, now our space. The, the space that you and I both have advocating for both the for both for the black community, the trans community and the the woman community. Um, our our lane is is come back if there is a, a silver lining, you know, there's not a lot of people who's just just on it, you know, or just profiting off of our hardships and our pain and our fight who really don't care. At the moment, they have fell off and stopped being performative. You you always articulate it for me. Yeah, that is that makes sense because if you if it was performative to begin with, you're gonna get tired of it. Because I'm not talking about burnout from the fight. That is everybody is burned out from all this multiple things that happen. Right. We there was a time when every month some black person was getting shot and killed by the police. I remember it's been, it was kept going. B- but simultaneously, if you remember just while that was happening, there was once a week a trans person getting killed. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that, honey, you know, you know, I was keeping up on the, you know. Yeah. 
I tried my patience one time and um, tried to be a girl that was reporting on the desk. And baby, I I just can't do it. It it spiraled my my mental health into a really bad place. Um, and yeah, and, and that's legit. Yeah, and and it's and it's why I can you know re- relate to the performative people to an extent, but the difference between I and them is that um, for me it's innate, and right. I can never I can never step away for too long. And, the, and and it's not, and that's what I mean. I don't I don't mean the burnout in the sense of burnout for the fight. I, that is, yes, you got to take your breaks. But I'm talking about there are certain things that if we're talking about racial awakening and and actually having a real politic around that, I believe centering the most marginalized people helps the greater picture. Absolutely, that is, that, that is a particular politic that. If it is your politic, you can't get burnt out about when you are working, you can't get burnt out no. about doing that particular work. Yes, you can get burnt out from like we stopped even um, reporting on the um, on devs because it started to be so much that who is this for? Like mm-hmm. other than to harm us. And so we got to kind of focus on the joy and the positive things. Um, yes, we still are going to talk about um disparities and da 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 but telling you when every trans person die every time they die doesn't really help you y'all get it and we have <laughs> and we also have to keep um desensitized desensitization in mind as well right because we don't want to be do i don't want to be insensitive to somebody dying just because they die. i want to i want it to, i want to feel it i don't mean i want to be burnt out about it yes i could take my breaks but that politic when I that politic isn't going to change, and mm-hmm. so I'm seeing that politic changing back to the normal racist, white supremacist, um, anti woman, anti gay, that kind of complacency. I'm not talking about conservatives and the the ones who know they're well. I don't want to say they know they're racist, but even them, the one who knows they're racist, they know they're racist. right. Yeah, even them, but. I'm talking about left wing people that are get that are go was galvanized to be a little bit more radical and a little bit more um inclusive and a little bit more um impactfully inclusive mm-hmm. impactfully in their strategy um who was pushed by for this by this past five five you know five years is it five even more shit ten that have been pushing a little more radical space in how they engage with these topics, whether it be transness, um, women, black women, where whether it be um, dismantling massage noir, whatever it is that got you a little bit cl- further galvanized to be more inclusive. I feel people going back in their complacency. Mm-hmm. I feel them going back in their getting frustrated instead of making it work out. They're getting frustrated and giving up. Mm, mm. I'll mm. keep my eye out. I'll keep my eye out for that. Like I said, I'm just returning and and getting and getting back in the mix and getting back in the mix of things. But um, I had noticed things from the sidelines. So yeah. y'all tell us, have y'all noticed the things that we are talking about? Hashtag Marsha's plate. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, 
I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. (laughs) So thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Ooh, diamond. Honey, baby, did you see Club Shay Shay interviewing Monique? I don't know if you've seen it, but let me tell you about it. Honey, baby, Monique did an, did an incredible follow-up to Cat Williams airing out the whole comic community. Not only did Monique help stand on what Cat Williams said, honey, but she put 10 toes back down on Oprah's neck. Honey, she put another 10 toes back down on Tyler's neck. Honey, she didn't threw Kevin in the mix. Baby, she didn't threw Tiffany Haddish in the mix. She said Tiffany Haddish talks about her husband, honey, and Tiffany knew the fuck about her, honey. She, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Monique, Monique had a lot of things to say. For me, most importantly, um, the thing that stood out the most to me was her giving T.S. Madison her props. And for me personally, that had been something that I had been thinking about for quite a while. I do follow the Sister Maddie's career. Shout out to T.S. Madison. Um, and I did follow the whole her whole coverage of Monique from when her and Kaya was doing the Queen Supreme Court and nobody in mainstream wanted to give Monique a voice to Maddie getting her talk show on Fox Soul and then bringing Monique on to um, Men's Fences and uh, Bury the Hatchet with Lee Daniels, which Lee has been the only one to apologize thus far um, to Monique Monique based on what Monique tells us. But um, what did you think, Diamond? Did you see it, first of all? Yes, I did. I watched it. First of all, the motherfucker was long as hell. It was like three hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so I actually got through two thirds of it. So I didn't. I haven't finished the end, but I got to the main parts that I wanted to know about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was entertaining. She was reading the eyebrows off of people, honey. I thought it was nineteen ninety six, and pencil eyebrows was sweating off of people's face, and <laughs> she was reading. Baby, when she um Tiffany Haddish, it was it was that one line for me, honey, when she said Tiffany Haddish said that I can't imitate money, but Tiffany Haddish said that, you know, my husband, uh, she she doesn't do business like me, and she's glad she don't have a husband like mine. Honey, Monique said. If you had a husband like mine, you might not have them two DYs, honey. You might not be accused of child grooming. Baby, my whole wig was in the floor, Donna. <laughs> but, but like I told you, what stood out the most to me was her acknowledging that Maddie, her acknowledging T.S. Madison. Um, 
and then li listening to TS, listening to the TS, following you know Madison's platforms, I saw her addressing members of the trans community mm -hmm. who were who was apparently offended by Monique referring to T.S. Madison during one point as a transgender. Now, out of hearing, out of listening to her praise Madison, out of all of the things that she said that referenced Madison during that interview, her referring to Madison as a transgender did not even did not even bleep on my radar because the way I see it, I mean, you know, you know, the cisgenders, they all, you know, they, they never quite get in the sentence structure, right? You know, you know, if, if we ain't, a, if we ain't a transgender, then we transgendered ED, you know, um, to me, I just took that as a cisgender, hetero living, Baltimore, uh, Baltimorean 50 plus, um, getting with the vernacular you know um i didn't really understand every everybody's upset do do you do you get it Diamond? do you understand it all i totally understand when i first when i first watched it it was cringy but it wasn't offensive i wouldn't say that it was offensive it's it's just that it's a older woman and i don't like to say older woman because i don't excuse age doesn't excuse cultural change it's kind of like it's kind of like if we meet up. You remember we see those old videos of white women or um, white men, and they're still calling us colored, or they're still calling us, even though we have changed to a whole. We don't call each other colored no more, but they old, so they they still say colored. We wouldn't excuse that. <laughs> like it, we wouldn't excuse it. We wouldn't if the language is shifting. And we're sh it's shifting to something else. We wouldn't excuse it, but that don't mean we. I think two things can be true at the same time. We can correct people, mm -hmm. especially in this moment. It would be different if I. It's just me and my mother talking, and she's getting something out, and it has nothing to do with the language. It's just really, really a powerful moment between me and my mama. I might not even use that moment. To correct my mama if she say the wrong, you can say transgender, the transgender or something like that. But what we're talking about here is a big cultural media moment. Mm -hmm. This is not a private conversation that we're listening to between Shannon Sharp and Monique. They're, they made this content for us to consume and critique and engage with. Like it literally is what they are doing. And so you can't expect trans people to hear something in the language that may not be rude, but it's just, mm, this just doesn't really sound right. So let's, since, since we're engaging with this cultural moment, let me come in and make a tweet about, mm, this is not the right language, cis people. Okay, Monique, she's saying these amazing things about T.S. Madison. Of course, great. It's amazing. But that don't mean we can acknowledge the praise that she had for T.S. Madison, acknowledge their friendship, acknowledge what she's saying in regards to T.S. Madison being full of integrity, while at the same time, somebody else can say, this language was really cringy. This is the better language to use. Because I think we correction, while yes, you saying her saying these amazing things are you're giving her grace because you're just like, oh, that really wasn't that big of a deal. It did. I didn't even register that it was that. But 
I think correction is grace. I think correcting people in a, no, I'm not going to cut you out, bitch. Why the fuck you say it like that? That's transphobic. No, I'm not going to do that. Because I don't, I, you can tell by the context of how she was talking that it wasn't meant to be transphobic to anybody. <laughs> and so I can say, hey, yes, I love that you're acknowledging what you're acknowledging, but I want you to know that this is a this is the better language to use. And the people who was doing that online, they're talking to their audience. And some people are going to retweet it. They're going to share it because they're trying to teach their audience. It's not necessarily to Monique. That Monique, they're just using this moment as an educational moment. And I think both can be true. Well, I did. I did see people uh, be be disrespectful toward Madison and um, Monique, trans people online be disrespectful toward Madison. And what were they saying? What stood out to me, the comment that stood out to me, it was a trans girl. Um, and she essentially said that um, Madison um, was taking scraps by letting um, Mo... Madison was taking scraps by being pleased or accepting Monique talking to her in, in that way. But for more clarity for me, because for me, what I what I heard was just um incorrect sentence structure. Yeah. I I heard Monique um and, and I know that she, and she purposefully pointed out she was intending to purposefully point out that Maddie was transgender. I feel like um the mistake that she made or the mistake that I heard was that um, she said a transgender instead of saying a transgender person, you know. Um, she was like, uh, T.S. Madison, a transgender instead of T.S. Madison, a transgender person. Is is there something outside of that that I'm missing? No. Okay, okay. Okay, so I, I get it. I get it. So let's explain, before you go further, let's explain that to the audience that is listening, just for a little uh, educational moment. Okay. So transgender is an adjective, y'all, Okay. Transgender is an adjective. It is an adjective to describe a noun. Transgender is not a noun. So using it as a noun sounds weird and dehumanizing and othering and just a weird. It's similar. So you should instead of saying the transgender or um a transgender as a and using transgender as a noun, you should say a transgender person a transgender woman, a transgender man. Transgender is a adjective. The yes. transgender community. Yes. Now, oh, it's, similar, it's similar to, you would, you would say a black woman. You wouldn't say, oh, I'm friends with a black. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say, Diamond. Um, you took the words and, well, you took the thought right out of my head. When we talk about trans people, I know we lump in, we like we like to lump things together or whatever, but specifically the trans people, the oppressed people is the trans people, not the cis people. The privileged people in a situation in a situation when it comes to gender identity, if you are a cis person, you are in the position in this in this um, binary between between us. You are the privileged person. You are the person that's learning to be more inclusive and 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 that is adjusting your language. <laughs> you are the one. So if you are an ally, I understand why people who are not allies of ours use misgender us, use the wrong pronoun, use the wrong language. They don't want to use the right language. 
because they don't acknowledge our existence or respect our existence as as the gender that we are wanting to be affirmed to be. Yeah. But you as an ally, when we give you pushback about language, if you are an ally that is truly that truly believes that you're in our corner and want us to be free, and we're expressing to you that these are some language things that needs to be adjusted in our culture, you should be willing to learn and make that adjustment. Yes, we're going to give you grace in correction. <laughs> we're going to give you grace to not cuss you out and not think that you're a transphobic person. Now, I, I'm saying this as Diamond, as a sane person is not is going to give you grace because we're able to tell. But just like your community, cisgender people, there are some people who take shit to the extreme. And just like your community, our community do that shit too. So there's some trans people that just take stuff to the extreme. They hear some kind of weird language thing in Monique, and then they want to go and go pop off on the internet. Sometimes we, we got some pop-off people on our side, just like you got some pop-off people on your side. Uh-huh. I'm one of the pop-off people. Yeah. So sometimes people take things to the extreme or more, and, and sometimes it's people that are more offended about stuff than another trans person. So just because T.S. Madison is is okay with the language that my, that Monique used or or T.S. Madison accepted it and embraced her and say, oh, I understood what she was saying. That don't mean that the rest of us have to accept that. And I think when we talk about scraps, I think T.S. Madison took it in in the re, in the money era, like, oh, I'm I, I make more money and I'm I'm doing it like in a money thing, like. But scraps isn't just about money. It's about not holding cisgender people accountable and any little any little positive thing that they say about you, you're accepting those little positive things to to grace them and and ignore their accountability. That's what taking scraps to, to how I took that tweet to me. There are some trans people that think that she um, that not just her, but it's a couple of trans people. Her and a couple of people, trans people. Yeah, that they lumped her up with uh, with Flame Monroe. I think I think that's what really um, bothered her as well because Maddox, Madison has held court for Flame being problematic. You know what I mean? So I think that Madison knows that she's problematic in her own way, but I don't think she wants to be compared to the same problematic as Flame and Hot Cheetah. Prince. No, I don't think she's that problematic, but there is some compromises that she makes that feels like catered to the cis people. Like, for example, um, she literally has stopped using cisgender because of the put the transphobic pushback that cisgender people have given us about that word. And yeah. to me, that that is that is something they need to be held about, held accountable to. That's yeah. not something that we need to like compromise with. Like get your shit together. It's cooning. It's cooning. It, it's our version of cooning. Yeah. And so if you are, if you making those compromises and giving up the fight, that feels like you're taking the scrap from them. Like you're not holding them accountable for any fucking thing. You're not holding them accountable or teaching them to go. go any bit of praise they, they give you, honey, you happier than a punk in a dick factory. That's the right. it's used to say. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now they are friends and I understand. And it's not that I don't understand 
her looking past what Monique said and not calling her out on it. But that don't mean we can't, as a community, we can't use it as an example and for content, just like everybody else use any any moment for content. We can teach, use those moments for teaching. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that's what happened. I concur. I get it. It makes sense now. Yeah. That's, that's just kind of what it is. It's like, I, I want to make sure people know that. And that goes back to what we were talking about early in the early in the episode. I think that, because also on top of that tweet, I saw people in the comments. And they was like, oh, shit, here we go. That kind of, oh, here come the trannies. Uh, mm. Here come the blacks. Oh, mm-hmm. here come the black women with they shit. I'm seeing a lot of that kind of that kind of frustration now now they're not we're not in this hype moment it's kind of like dropping down and everybody is becoming anti woke oh here we go they're they're kind of what fox news is doing rebranding woke and making woke seem like a negative connotation i think that is feeding into our side as well i think that there are people that oh, are like yes it always does and that's and that's another thing that that propels them you know um they they are still they are still the majority you know mm-hmm. they are seen as um you know the the top of the tier the top of the social totem pole um and we realistically know that they do have a lot of control over this country. So we have people on our side who listen to them to be prepared for, for that, for the fight and to hear their arguments, to be prepared to rebut. But we, but we also have people who are in the middle who listen to them and people who still haven't decolonized their brain enough to, to see the propaganda of it all. Yeah. Uh, It's, it just feels like they're, coming for they're getting tired and when we actually have to correct people and repeat repeat stuff and um everybody don't have it everybody didn't have it and so sometimes we're gonna always have to say hey this is transphobic or this is fat phobic or this is misogyny or this is and if you if you have reverted back to your old self and you're tired of us calling it out, legitimately calling out, then are you really down for it? Have did your politics really change, or were you just performing it just because we were at a peak of a trans renaissance, peak of a queer, peak of a queer renaissance, peak of you know all these kind of systems that that, that kind of bubbled up? It's, and it's even more concerning. You know, you have a lot of people who are go- going to perform in this country. You know, we're a capitalist country, honey. Um, and people are going to perform for attention and dollars. But what's even more upsetting to me is the fact that clearly there's a large group of people who ain't learned shit. Right. You know, they, they've been just going along to get along. And sadly, it, it's a large majority. Yeah, I just, I, it just, I don't care about the other side. I'm just on our side. It's more disappointing. And um, that th- that frustration, and it's not it's not it's very subtle. I don't want to say there's some people that are loud about it, but it's like a just like a sigh, like I get just a <gasps> here they go. It's, uh, yeah, it's that I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. 
All right, audience, you know we didn't seen the Shay Shay interview, but my question to y'all is, have y'all seen it? Have y'all seen Monique and Shannon Sharp's discussion? Have you seen bits and pieces? What do you think about what you've seen? What do you think about what you've heard? Do you feel that T.S. Madison was taking scraps, you know, by not correcting Monique? And um, also by essentially going off on a lot of transgender people for correcting Monique? Um, have you ever seen trans people take scraps from cis people? And we ain't talking about monetary scraps. We talking about no accountability. Like just little, you know, a little compliment here. Yeah, I called you your right pronouns. See, I'm I'm accepting. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I want to know, I want to know about, about you all's experience because, honey, baby, mine is, is more than a notion. My experience is more than a notion. But let me know what y'all think. Let me know what y'all have seen. Let me know what y'all have heard. How do you feel about Monique's rant? How do you feel about T.S. rant? Let me know. Share it with us online. And when you do, hashtag, hashtag Marsha's Plate. That is... Hashtag M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Marsha's Plate. Let us know what you think. All right. So this weekend we have had the Super Bowl, a.k.a. the Usher concert. <laughs> yes. That I once knew. Oh, yeah. That's my shit. So, I was so excited about Usher. I was, he did way more songs than I thought that he was going to do. But I was like, he got the catalog, so that's dope. I love that shit. Um, Mm -hmm. He had his nipples out. Shout out to Janet Jackson. Um, (laughs) Shout out to that blatant misogyny. Um, There is this conversation that has kind of sparkled this little viral post. About Alicia Keys. Now, Alicia, <laughs> I can't sing on Key Keys. <laughs> Girl, diamond. I'm so glad that I get to be here with somebody else who can hear, honey, and, co- and who can understand. Baby, I didn't know what key she was singing my booing. Baby, she sound like a different bitch. She sound like a different musician, honey. I was just mad that all her, her own song the first note was off. <laughs> oh, honey, all of the ad lib notes was off. If you don't practice nothing, girl, you don't you don't be practicing the oohs and the eyes. My boo, you know, even we practice it. Girl, get your life together, Alicia. Alicia. Now, diamond something you gotta remember. You know, when Alicia's tail had came out, honey, they had always threw it in our face that she was a classically trained pianist. Yeah, the fingers is raw. Never said that that voice was classically trained or trained at all. No, (laughs) and that because of colorism, they wanted us to believe that her album and popularity was better than um, India Ari's, honey. (laughs) And I always felt like, yes, that falling track was kind of all over the place when that came out. It was kind of like all over the place. But that motherfucking um, NDRE first album was fucking bomb. 
Brown skin. Yes, Charles. I don't understand. I didn't. I didn't understand. I understood because it. I, it was hard to choose between the two, but we know who came out on top. So that's all. That's always a little. A little wound for a everybody. Tug, a little tug on you. <laughs> so because you know we've we have seen Alicia Keys murder songs, even on her own song. Remember that dude went to I won't tell that that part when she had that dude singing with her. Oh my God, he slay her out even on the record. And each time she preferred, what's that? Um, what the fuck is that song? It's the song with you. Diary. Diary. Yes, Diary. Was that Raphael Sadiq on that song with her? No, it wasn't Raphael Sadiq. It was one of her background singers. Oh, okay. But that motherfucking, he ate her up on her own song. And, you know, it it just was, she was trying to have this Mariah Carey moment. Remember Mariah Carey did that with um, Trey Lorenz. Uh-huh. People who could really sing. Yeah, but she could hold her own, so it was cute. But honey, and that girl hollering by the end of that something. Oh. You'll see it, Fred. You'll see. So, so she kind of fumbled the fumbled the performance or whatever. I don't even understand why um, Usher would bring choose her to bring I, up all the people. I mean, if you don't, if you don't live outside of my damn here, honey, we're gonna get you another record. <laughs> Baby, I was thinking the same thing. I was telling Cairo the same thing. Why, out of all the people in Janet Jackson's universe, why did he have? Who would you thought would have been a better? Because who else was it? It was Alicia Keys, her. Uh, Jermaine Dupree. Jermaine uh, Dupree. Little John. Little John. And I, and I think that's it. Okay. So, yeah, Alicia Keys, like... I don't know. What song has she been... He could have bought out a new girl for all that. He could have bought out LMA. Him and LMA got got music music together. No, she can't really sing neither. But <laughs> but but their music was more up tempo. I have to be honest, Diamond. Victoria I, Monet, she just won a Grammy. Victoria and she had a fire ass hit. Why you wouldn't pick her? Uh-huh. Oh my mama. Yeah, now now that that would have been cute, but they don't have no music together, I don't think. That I'm aware of. Oh, that's true. Excuse me, but but I have to critique Usher's performance. Um, halftime Super Bowl. That's your opportunity to hype the crowd. That's your opportunity to hype the team's plan to help the next half of the game be be hyped. I and with somebody who has Usher's catalog, baby, he could he could have hyped it up. You know, he didn't even play You Remind Me. You remind me of a girl I once knew. I, I think he should have kept it hyped the whole time. I think he slowed it up a little bit too much. Mm. Well, he's an R&B dude. I want more R&B swag. That's why I wanted him to have somebody else. You know, dude, does he have a song with Carrie Hilson? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have I loved Carrie Hilson. I don't know if it was a hit, but I would have loved Carrie Hilson. Um, we already had Beyonce, so. I think he been on, if I'm not mistaken, I think Carrie Hilson might have been on the Love in the Club remix. I want to make love in this club. I don't even know if he I did. I thought that was Beyonce. Mm-hmm. It might be. I could be wrong. It was, I think it was Beyonce. That's shade if it's Beyonce. Ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't even think he performed Love in the Club. Oh, 
Yeah, I just would have. I don't know who it would have been. He would have ate if he would have brought Jenny back. But um, maybe that's. Oh, I don't. I don't know. You know, I'm. I'm a classic performer kind of girl. You know, a lot of these girls these days, honey. You either going to get somebody who could sing, or you're going to get somebody who could do a two step breakdown. You're very unlikely to get both. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the girls are not getting their hours in in the choir and in the church and um <laughs> shout out to um black girl. music archive you know he did this well, video would have been cute diamond i think sierra would have been cute for him to bring out to do what oh no go ahead and clock out here <laughs> i'm thinking about i'm thinking about them dancing to, to and- do dancing yes mm-hmm. we ain't getting no vocals from sierra I'm, I mean, you know, you know, have the background vocalist, you know, and, and have her come in and, and harmonize, yeah. you know, and do and, and they slide across the stage doing their shit. Um, I would have even liked to see him bring Kiki Palmer out. You know what I mean? And that would have and, and do a little two step with him. She didn't even have to come out and say nothing. And uh, yeah. Why I wanted to bring Alicia Keys up outside of her singing <laughs> or not singing. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there is this viral post that this dude is posting about and he's basically saying, see, ladies, this is what we like y'all to look like. No makeup, no big long lashes, no edges, no um gelled up um edge control gel edges no wigs uh having this picture and i see people in the comments like responding to him like dude first of all you don't know that she actually has on makeup but because you don't know he was talking about alicia keys not uh-huh. any makeup during the Super Bowl performance yes he, he posted a picture of her on makeup and her extensions Right. <laughs> and she had her hair swirl in little edges. <laughs> uh, honey, she had her body contoured in that um little corset. Honey's uh, performer trick for all of y'all in the audience who don't know. I think that the problem is, first of all, misogyny. <laughs> number but one. that's number one. But y'all don't even be knowing what the fuck y'all talking about. They never People, did. Uh, y'all Talk don't know. Men, right? Yeah, men and talking about makeup. There are no makeup, makeup looks. Whereas you are intentionally doing your makeup in a way to where it doesn't look like you have any makeup. Where it's light, it's sheer. It could even be full coverage. But it's done in a way, in a technique that looks like you don't have on makeup. And that's usually what people are going for. But now there is a type of makeup where it is intentionally Kaboom, 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 go back. Snatch. Yes, honey. Let's give them a history lesson, Diamond. Honey, I remember when I was growing up and my mother taught me makeup. Honey, yes, I learned makeup growing up. My, um, Honey, learn to love your children unconditionally. <laughs> when my mother taught me makeup, that was the goal. The, the goal was to look like you didn't have any on. If you look back at 90s music videos, early 2000s music videos, any type of media from, from that era, that's what everybody went for. That was the primary look, the no makeup, makeup aesthetic. Now... 
we one of the reasons we have the big argument these days about transgender women having an effect on cisgender women's makeup or makeup routines is because the current trend in makeup is is the makeup look is to look like you have a full beat is to is to have your eyebrows alien honey is to have your lashes and all your other features exaggerated and that was a makeup look during the era of the no makeup look during the era of the natural look that was a makeup aesthetic that was commonly worn by transgender women commonly worn by drag queens even still to this day and that was in order to pass for trans women for drag queens you know it was it was for the whole aesthetic and theatrics of it some of them wanted wanted to pass though some of them wanted to look like cisgender women you know but what you got to understand also is not you but them you have to it's kind of like fashion nowadays too there are so many genres of fashion that we are being exposed to because of the internet. Mm -hmm. You see this rise in even not just fashion, skincare. Mm -hmm. Shit that there are trends that are happening in Asia that are easily coming over and infiltrating our skincare regimen line. These essence and serums and da-da-da-da. They was doing that 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And now they're coming in on on and being accessible to us fashion too there are so many different type of fashions um cottage core um steampunk barber core barbie core um just there's so many different type of uh, harajuku whatever so many to anime there's so many type of fashion people and fight fashion influences that we are exposed to that trends are not being controlled by the tastemakers, just by the tastemakers anymore. No. Same same thing with hair, same thing with makeup, same thing with everything. So what has happened over the past 15 years with the growth of the internet and tutor internet tutorials and RuPaul's Drag Race, there is this, this kind of blending of different techniques to get different effects yeah. that it's blending with drag queens. It's blending with... I don't want to say that it's just a trans aesthetic because there are dramatic aesthetics that cisgender women have done too. But the thing that is... That's the overlapping thing is that using makeup to create a look for yourself, whether a shape of your face, a shape of... That is something that's really key in trans people's makeup routine to actually give them structures that they may not naturally have until surgery. Transform and so transformative makeup. Transformative makeup. That is what we're seeing cisgender people adopt in their makeup technique. Yeah. Yeah. And and overall, you know, just to piggyback off of you, it's it's global community. Overall, it's just we we right. have gone from being a place we we we're gone we're becoming less and less isolated as a people we're becoming less and less siloed as a people you know we're becoming more global you know from the way that we communicate to the way that we dress to the way that we look to to the way that we even have sex and be in love and there's a difference between a natural osmosis that kind of just happens mm-hmm because other than somebody just trying to be you because think about it when we were getting pumped back in the day with silicone, not you, because you didn't get put right. No, no. But 
Like I come from an older era. Right. We were getting punked, pumped by silicone ladies, da 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 da. We were getting pumped to have a certain look, a more feminine look, getting our ass done, getting our hips done, getting our titties done, da 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 da. Our goal was to blend and mostly blend and just look like regular, regular women. When cisgender women would see us create these bodies for ourselves, cis women who don't fit the who don't fit the beauty standard that comes with a certain social social capita, mm-hmm. they would look at us and say, "Oh, you went and got this amazing body." You, I know you were born what you were, and you went and got this amazing body. Where did you go to get that? How did you do that? How did you do that? What happened? And then, and then when you tell them, "Oh, I went to this black market pump lady," then you have people like Cardi B, <laughs> sister yeah, strippers. You have people like Buffy the Body. If you want to take yes. it even further, right? Mm-hmm. That said, oh, I'm about to take. I'm about to go. My trans friends got this hookup. I'm about to go get pumped. And people like Cardi done talked about her getting her ass done. Mm-hmm. It even got to the point where cisgender women started becoming the pump lady. Right. In our society, we we learn very early, um, whether it's overt or not, that a woman's currency is her appearance. Yeah. In a misogyny, in a in a patriarchal world, misogyny say, hey, if you wanna, your currency is your look, your currency is your, you know, that's what everybody is. Mm-hmm. Beauty is a currency, is a social capital. Yeah. So it's not that they want to be transgender women. It is that we are all women trying to live up to a beauty standard. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, we are all going to be going to the same direction of beauty standards. We're not, we're not trying to be each other. We're not trying to culturally appropriate. We are women, all of us. And so being that we are women, all of us is going to use technology, science, and techniques to get that social capita that we deserve and, we, and that we that we think we deserve, that we think will make our life better. And sometimes some of us have a more extreme idea of what we can do or what we want to have with our body. And some of us have more subtle streams, subtle, subtle. And that goes with makeup as well. So there are going to be some people who love light, almost not their makeup. And there's going to be some people who enjoy the look of heavy makeup. That's their choice. It's going to be some people who love, who want that big um, deformed or unnatural looking BBL. Mm-hmm. That looks, that they want the attention that comes with a too big old ass. Uh-huh. And then you got some people that go get the B B go get the BBL and it is natural looking. It is, it's just it just it's just them taking fatter that is something and put it on their ass a little bit where they want to go. And it looks cute, natural. And nobody complains about it because it looks natural. Yeah, just, honey, you diamond, you know I'm the natural nip tuck girl. Honey, <laughs> I'm that girl who'll go get surge, honey. Won't tell you, and you won't know I got nothing done. <laughs> right. We are all, and let me add this to the mix, because some of y'all, I, when I make this statement, y'all get real weird about it. But if you are having surgery to make you feel more like a woman, 
Whether you are cis or trans, you are having gender affirming surgery. Oh, say it. <laughs> say it with your chest, baby. Honey, yes. You if you, you are. are a cis person or a trans person getting surgery to make you feel more manly or to make you feel more womanly, you are getting gender affirming surgery. Honey, I'm going to give y'all an example for all the mosquito bumps, cisgender women. Honey, uh -huh. When y'all go and get them breast implants because you want to feel more feminine, because you want to feel more... Honey, baby, honey, that is gender-affirming care. Diamond, I want to point out, I had a cisgender woman be really honest with me one time, and she told me that she's jealous that she can't get her gender-affirming care through insurance like the trans girls. Like what? Like plastic surgery, like boob job, you know, you know, these days, you know, now they're doing, um, we can't get boob. Well, I know unless you're in a certain city, like we can't do it here in Texas, but they do it in, um, oh, you, we, Alley we, in New York. We, oh yeah. Y'all do, do it here too. Yeah. We do it. We do it here too. Here, the girls can get, um, everything top to bottom, including BBL with, with certain nope. I mean, with uh, with um, insurance. Yeah, no, that's not in Texas, baby. That's in the more progressive places like the East Coast and the West Coast. <laughs> mm -mm. Well, Our I'm insurance company, with they, they ask you what state you live in just to say no to your ass. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna keep my state private on this on this here on this here <laughs> episode, honey. <laughs> yeah, so. Just know that there is an osmosis happening with us. And some people just enjoy makeup. Let them enjoy it. And let's talk about a class thing, too. Not just class. It's kind of colorism, too. Alicia Keys is a biracial mixed girl. Mm. She's somebody who is in the black community classically pretty. Mm. Like when we talk about stereotypical mixed looking pretty girl, da 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 da, da that people fetishize because of colorism and da da da. She is exactly that. She is. She is exactly that. So we're not gonna act like that she has the type of hair texture that y'all praise. That don't that you put a little water on it and put a little swiggles. Y'all love that shit. Y'all y'all praise that shit even if it's dry and broken up. If they put some <laughs> fucking uh, honey, put some water on it and slick it back, and honey, put some gel on it. That y'all will love and be like, oh, she got some good hair. Oh, we had some pretty babies because we had some good hair babies. Y'all do all of that shit. We're not going to act like Alicia Keys doesn't have the social capital that we talk to be able to be barefaced and no makeup and da 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 da. Because if it was in, because I see how y'all be under these girls' comments who they can have dark circles, they can have spots all over that. Because Alicia. When she was when she had bad skin and didn't have no money to get all the things she needs to do it, she mm -hmm. had makeup on because her skin was bad. Even in that video where she was in the snow, I think it was Method Man. Was it Method Man? I, not, I don't know who it was, but she was in the snow on the piano. All that makeup, you could see the bumps on her face mm -hmm. with that makeup on. She had bad skin when she first came out. 
Mm-hmm. He yeah, has the coins. Sorry, go ahead. Why she went on this whole makeup? No, I mean that's the reason why she went on this whole no makeup journey because, honey, after she got that skin together and became a spokesperson for Proactive and them commercials was running and she was getting that revenue, honey, she said, "Let let's make this part of my brand." Exactly. So of course you get your skin together and got the money to do it and got the access to do it. Of course you're gonna be no makeup, makeup, girl. All right, honey, if you if you got good sense, honey, if you got the corn together, then you should have a face that doesn't need makeup. And right. if you do wear it, it's because you choose to and just enjoy the aesthetic. Right. So we're not about to act like a girl who don't wear makeup, who don't fit these beauty standards that y'all love. It don't act like y'all go on her go under her post and be like, see. This is the type of women we like. No makeup. No, y'all be under her post roasting her. Honey, I ain't never seen them tell Wendy Williams how they like how much she look without makeup when she do her after shows on YouTube. Facts. If they come on the place and don't have no makeup, baby, y'all reading them. Honey, baby, y'all might be running depending on who it is. <laughs> depending on who it is. So that shit is fake. Y'all don't even be knowing what makeup and shit is. Folks be having a full face of makeup and lashes, and y'all say y'all love it because it looks like you ain't got no makeup. Get out of here. Really? Well, anyway, tell us what y'all think about the Super Bowl. I enjoyed it. it enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed um, the performance. I enjoyed the red sparkle. I enjoyed him taking off his shirt. I enjoyed Usher because I'm an Usher fan. And did y'all enjoy the Super Bowl? Hashtag March is Blake. Now, Diamond, 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 you know we've been talking about these trends. And when I say we, I'm talking about us who, you know, fight against all of the trans politics because we know that they're really anti-trans politics. But Diamond, they creating these they, they have been creating these anti-trans laws. They have been excluding trans people from public spaces. You know, they have been um, attempting to erase transness legally, right? So they started to attempt to segregate us again. You know, trans uh, girls aren't allowed in girls' sports in a few states. You know, uh, trans people aren't allowed in public restrooms unless they're unisex in certain states you know well in utah granted you in well in utah granite county school district school board member natalie klein natalie 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 oh lord let me tell you what natalie done done school board member diamond she calls herself outing one of the girls' basketball players on the high school team. Natalie outs one of the children on the girls' basketball team as trans on her Facebook. The post went viral because, of course, Natalie was intending to insinuate that this trans this quote-unquote trans student 
but had some advantage over the other girls in, in the sport over the other girls on the team and over the other girls that they compete against. Now, she never clearly came out and said that the child was trans in the post, right? However, she did get in that comment section along with many other commenters who not only shared the child, the high school child's personal information, that she, they all, the commenters also shared the parents' public information, shared the parents' information publicly. Wow. Natalie then got in these comments and edged these people on. She didn't delete not a one unsafe comment. The comments were full of threats, honey. The comments were full of derogatory language and anti-trans rhetoric, honey. I'm not sure what Natalie was thinking, baby. I'm not sure what kind of Trumpian foolishness Natalie was trying to pull or Natalie thought she was going to get away with. But Natalie forgot a few things. One of the things Natalie apparently forgot is that Natalie is a woman, honey, and they will bury her ass. But that's neither here nor there for, for this conversation. Natalie put this child in danger. This child's parents have come on the news, the national news, and denounce their child being trans. There is no proof, no indication, no documentation that this child is transgender. Natalie has essentially outed a child for being trans when this child is reported when this child is reportedly not trans at all. This is just a quote-unquote female child with quote-unquote masculine features based on the commenters, right? This is a cisgender child by her parents' description. Um, she, she's a bit of a tomboy. We all know that children change and grow. We all know that many children go through awkward stages in their appearance, awkward stages in their dress, awkward stages in their confidence. Natalie Klein, the school board member, guess which party it is. No, you don't have to guess. It's a Republican. Natalie <laughs> really had the nerve to go on Jesus's internet, Beyonce's internet, honey, Joe Biden's internet, honey, and Kim Jong-un's internet and say that this child, insinuate that this child set up a toxic environment for this child to be attacked online because the child may have been transgender. Natalie has since come out and even admitted that she has no information on whether or not the child was or wasn't transgender. Natalie has come out and since called herself apologizing. And in her apology, she blames people like you and I for attempting to normalize the transgender community. What? She Natalie said that if people like you and I didn't normalize the transgender community, then there wouldn't be no question on whether there were transgender students playing in girls' sports. Natalie, Natalie, Natalie is apologizing because the school board, school board, school board 
is trying to clock Natalie out. I personally suggest that Natalie get clocked out, Natalie get clocked out ASAP and not come back. Because even if this child was transgender, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Transgender children don't deserve to be protected. It's okay to share public information of a transgender child. I thought y'all was trying to protect the children, Natalie. We need to protect the damn children from you, Natalie. And and that's always been a lie that, that this whole I, we want to protect the children. We want to stop the grooming kids, kids, kids. We want to ban the books. That is never about the kids. That is never about the kids for real. That is just the veneer. They if they cared about kids, they would give them sex education. If they cared about kids, they would not be they would be taking care of their children, that they are forced and sister into women and trans men and, and non-binary people who have babies. If they when they're forcing them to have these babies because they don't don't have the reproductive rights that they used to. They don't even take care of the babies when they are born. They don't even want to give people assistance in daycare. They don't even want to give people assistance in in WIC anymore. They don't want to give this stuff that they need for the babies. They don't they don't care about children. They don't care about the babies that are homeless. They don't want to even give people access to good housing. They don't care about education. They keep cutting programs from schooling. They have done so much shit that prove to that enriches positive outcomes for children and they do the opposite. Absolutely. Absolute opposite of what they need to do when it comes to um, uh, the mor morbidity, mor maternal morbidity rate, mortality rate, sorry, maternal mortality rate for, for women, particularly black women for there's so many, there are so many things that we can point to where they could easily fix a problem in our society and mm -hmm. invest in it. Mm -hmm. But they don't, we don't see them changing le legislation about that shit. We see them changing legislation about us, about they trans people. They don't even want to invest in the children's education yet, but yet they want to say which and which children can't compete, can't compete in extracurricular activities. <laughs> Honey, you don't want to put no money in the school, but you want to put laws in the school. Right. That's what it is. They don't want to put money. They don't want to invest even in the girls' team. Let's talk about the girls' team. Y'all barely want to give them up to standard um, equipment for them to do their fucking game because, and y'all invest all the money in the boys' sports because that brings you some money selling tickets in your local area. But you don't even invest in the girls' sports because you don't really care about the girls either way. No, honey, they, they, the same people that sit up and hoop and holler about preserving girls' sports is the same people who don't attend the games. Mm. <laughs> How about that? Mm. Child. Uh -oh. But yes, that's, that's what's going on. I'm still flabbergasted. As of, as of the recording of this episode... A lot of people are asking Natalie to resign. A lot of people in her community, um, school officials um, are still working on a reg resolution. Legislators are also working on a resolution. Um, but all of the news coverage that I'm currently watching, people are insisting uh, Natalie resign and they are looking at a potential impeachment for Natalie. Um, 
I personally think that anybody with common sense, whether you're right, left, Republican, Democrat, red, black, blue, or green, I think that anybody has who has a child in any school system should be fighting for Natalie to lose her job because it is astounding and it is outrageous right. that somebody's life that a child's life could be put in jeopardy just because somebody thinks that this still developing child could potentially be a trans person. But it's not. And that's the fact that you are putting that on them, knowing the state of that we have when it comes to trans people in this country, in your particular state, particularly Utah, you didn't care. Your politics about trans people got in the way of you having a rational mind and in the way of you actually caring about the children. Like you, you literally sick the internet dogs on this young person mm -hmm. and probably just made them feel unsafe. And this not even a trans person. You are a tired ass bitch. Nope. One of y'all cisgender children that y'all supposed to be protecting from us needs protection from y'all. But an even bigger thing for me, Diamond, because I, I foresaw this, honey. I always tell my audience, and I'm going to tell the Marsha Play audience, get, get accustomed to me saying this. My mouth is like a prayer book, is what the old people used to tell me when I was growing up. They said I was here before, and they said that my mouth is like a prayer book. What that means where I'm from is that I've always been somebody who's been blessed with discernment and foresight. I saw the day where they were making these anti-trans laws and they were pushing this anti-trans legislation. I saw the day that cisgender people would be misgendered as transgender. I foresaw the day that cisgender women would get dragged out of women's bathrooms. I foresaw the day that cisgender women would be assaulted and harassed. And literally murdered. And and we have and we have to this day seen a cisgender woman be murdered because her neighbor thought that she was transgender. We warned y'all. I ain't the only one. We warned y'all that this was a slippery slope. We've been trying to convince y'all that there is very little between you between y'all and us. We have more in common than we have different. We are all human. It is very common for people to be misgendered. That has been a common thing for me all my damn life. Because right? when I called myself being a boy, everybody was like, no, the hell you not, Miss <laughs> Baby, and, and I am an example of someone that is not going to get stopped and in going into a lady's room. And I am an example of someone who has literally seen and witnessed cisgender women be misgendered while the person who is misgendering them doesn't even realize that I am trans. I've seen this with my own two eyes, people. I've heard this with my own two ears. And I warned y'all, and now y'all see it. And now y'all hear it. And I know a lot of y'all have already seen and heard it. And that is my question to you. Have you ever been misgendered? 
If you are a cisgender person, has someone ever mistaken you for trans? If you are a man, has someone ever mistaken you for a woman? If you are a woman, has someone ever mistaken you for a man? I just know transphobia doesn't help any of us. <laughs> it does not. It does not help help any of us at all. But but my question is to y'all, have y'all ever been misgendered? Have you ever misgendered anybody? Please join the discussion. Please let me know because I will be looking out for y'all responses. And when you do join this discussion, hashtag Marsha's Plate. That is hashtag M-A-R-S-H-A-S. P-L-A-T-E, hashtag Marsha's Plate. And I look forward to hearing what y'all got to say. So, what is bringing you euphoria this week? Oh, oh, honey, baby, honey, baby, Jesus. A couple things um, bring brought me euphoria this week, honey. The trans thing that brought me euphoria this week. I'm grateful that I had that I am legally transitioned. I'm grateful that um, I have all of the documentation that I need. Um, I feel like it gives me autonomy to to leave this country. I've I've never felt like I tr truly 100% fit in in America since I've transitioned. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a capitalist. Um, you know, um, I'm, my politics leans more towards social more towards socialism. Um, I am non-religious. I'm not a Christian, so I I love having the autonomy to have my birth certificate changed, to have um, my social security uh, uh, card changed, to have all of my legal documentation changed so that when I do, or if I do leave this country and pursue citizenship somewhere else, I can truly be seen as my true self and I can truly live my life without worried about persecution for my transness. Mm. Yeah. That's a blessing. What is, but what, oh, mine was a, my euphoria was was a little deep and dark, but Diamond, But it was, it was the blessing of having your shit changed. So you don't have to deal with that shit. That is. does bring you euphoria. That safety brings right. you euphoria. It does. And, and I, I can't lie to you. Um, the legal transition to me was a huge part. I, I began my legal transition before my medical transition. So um for for me that that's always meant a lot and it it helps out it helps out with my sanity. But yeah. baby, I I know you got a kiki for us. I know you got something enlightening <laughs> for you well, enlightening in the sense of lighting the lightening the mood. Um <laughs> Diamond, what has been your euphoria this week? So my birthday is coming up in a couple yeah. of weeks. Um, not a couple of weeks. Well, I don't know. When's the 28th? It's the 12th. So about two weeks. Yeah. 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 About two weeks. A couple of weeks. Yeah. In a couple of weeks. Yes. And um, I am starting to get 
I'm I'm really broke. So I usually travel on my birthday. I usually oh. go somewhere and yeah. I don't have no money to go nowhere because I'm extra I'm extra broke. I haven't really, like I said, you know, they haven't been doing their social justice performance stuff. So I haven't been able to exploit them and make me a token to pay my rent. Hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> I, mean, I told you I told you I know about them donations frying up. <laughs> but yes, I haven't been having too many gigs, even though I have some, you know, I got some gigs in the working because it's Black History Month. <laughs> so, but one of my best friends, even though it's my, even though, you know, I'm broke, my best friends, my friends always look out for me when it comes to my birthday and it makes me feel so special. So I got one of my friends, my friends gave me the, one of my uh, early birthday present and it is my favorite, 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 favorite scent in the world. Cause I am a scent girl. You done met me, you know, I, I smell good all the time. I just, I like, I like to smell good. That's my thing. I like to smell like something. <laughs> and... So I have like a, a very unique um, assortment and collection of perfumes. And there are some perfumes that are just too pricey for me that are just like, this is not in my um, affordability. So I can't really get it, but I love it. And yeah. so my friend, she hit a little lick, you know, with her job, a little bonus. And she was yeah. like, I'm about to get you, I'm about to get you what you, I know you want. And she didn't tell me, but she know I love this. And so she got me, a fire ass um, Creed perfume, and it is my favorite Creed perfume ever in the world. This is my, I literally go to like the store, to the Creed store or Neiman Marcus or somewhere, and I get, I have them, I go and act like I never smelt it, and they give me a whole little sample. <laughs> A sample jar of it just because I can't afford it and I love it. I love it, love it, love it. But my friend bought it for me and this made me so happy today because I've been walking around smelling like it. Like, oh, jar. I can't believe this. It just had made me so happy because for you to anybody who knows me that's close to me, they know little part, little hurt. Little not perk, little idiosyncratic <laughs> kind of things. Yeah. yeah. And this let me know that she was paying attention to me. And that's when it comes to like gifts and when it comes to stuff like that, that it don't need to be expensive, but I'm glad that this one was because she could afford it. But yeah. but it don't need to be expensive. It can be something that just you just unique to diamond. And this is one of the things that made me so 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 happy. So my let me, my let me make perfume. It let me make a note because you have mentioned, you know, your your smell goods around me more than once. So. <laughs> I love, I love smell goods. I, I love smell goods. And you know, I, I know what to give diamond. I know, what <laughs> honey. But but knowing me, honey, I'm I'm diamond. We are complete opposites in that sense. I am not um, the smell good girl in the sense that I know all the fragrances. I uh -huh. have two, I have two different perfumes that I wear, honey, and um. Before I transitioned, I had one cologne <laughs> that, I, that I wore. Um, other than me, uh, other than that, you know, I mix. I have one uh, scented lotion that I wear. Like it's it's real. It's always one. You know, I I've never experimented, but um, but I love that. I love that for the girls who do get into it. Um, I love smelling y'all smells and y'all yeah. and all of the things. You know, um, 
Yes, yes. You, it gets out of there's a my price range that I normally can afford is like around like when it get in the two hundreds. I mm. usually I can splurge a little bit and pick up something that's like a two hundred. But when it gets into that like four hundred range and that you know there's even one that's higher that I usually can't afford them at all, and I can't justify buying it unless you know I get a refund check or something. I get oh. a big lump, <laughs> a gig or something. I can't that I can splurge on it, but um. This was, I had never had a Creed scent. Like, I ha- I never had one. Like, I've had, like, samples of it, but an actual mm-hmm. full-size Creed scent. This is my very, very first one. And so, oh, yeah. yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. So, that's my euphoria this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, right. y'all tell us what your euphoria is this week and like i said it is my birthday coming up so if you want to support and want to give me a buy me a coffee or buy me a drink you can um hit me up on cash app you can hit me up on um paypal what else what is this um demo is diamond styles d-i-a-m-o-n-d styles spelled with a z instead of an e-s s-t-y-l-z it's yeah that's that's my thing. I'll put it in the bottom. But yes, happy birthday to me. Yes, happy birthday to to you, love. Happy birthday to you. And we will see y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. Talk to you later. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be all right. Oh, don't you worry about a thing.